We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Chicago Bay. And with that, we say hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This episode 266 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. 1-0 is the way. Uh, We will get into the buy-in. We will make sense of a rain-soaked winner on Sunday. We will uh, run through all of our overreactions here from week one, the who's who and the what's what. But first and foremost, most importantly, Matt Rooney, how are you? No, 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 no. On, on 364 days of the year, well, not counting your wet, 363 days of this year. I got two this the, year. The, the most sick. important question is how am I? But this is your 31st birthday. I'm about 99% sure, unless you're one of those guys that's weirdly older or younger, which I don't think you are. <laughs> um, Joseph, happiest of birthdays. How are we feeling on this uh, this fine September 14th morning? I'm feeling like one of those weird old guys because I'm 32 years old, Matt. I knew that's the same thing. Oh, that's right. I you just know, turned thirty. We did. We did pre-K and kindergarten. I, for, I, for, I forgot. Top about of the that. class, seat at the table, always the heaviest in the weight class. That was. That was shout out to shout out to mom and dad for for setting me up to succeed there. Uh, but I'm fantastic, Matt. It is my birthday. Thank you for uh, remind re- remembering because of I we were text. Well, we were doing some pre-production texting this morning. Little peek behind the curtain here, and you had not mentioned that the happy birthday angle for like a while so i was like oh i i knew when i got he doesn't he's not fully aware i hope he doesn't see anything on social media so i can air him out like five minutes into the podcast but you did give me the happy birthday i'm on unfortunately i'm unable to do that now i knew when i got a curt response at first that there was something like (laughs) like joe's usually short but it's usually because like we're texting while either he's at work or it's late at night or it's very early in the morning and he was working late. So it's, it's usually short responses just because he's tired. Yeah. This this was, uh, this was, I was like, but that that was weird. I was just, just saying like, I'll keep, just keep me in the loop. And then he's getting up, but that's fine. Happy birthday. I I caught it. I saw it. Now you're turning this on me. I don't even know what I said. He, you said not to get too far behind the curtains here, but you uh-huh. were, I said like, I need to be around 1130 or 12 your time. And you said, you said, you're just said We can go when you said, if we could do a little closer to 1130. Yeah. Or and then you were your time. That'd be you, helpful. I said, let's shoot for whenever. Oh, I thought, whenever I, said, whenever I, I thought that was a, you, that was the yeah. field. I, you mixed up. There. I did. Right, I did um, about 10 minutes after my, after like a little after my response, you. I looked at the keyboard and I was like, wait a minute, the use right next to the I, and that would make a whole lot more sense here. Well, well all of Whatever. your consideration is appreciated here on my birthday. And, uh, uh, amid, amidst text message issues, but Matt, there is business to tend to. We can talk about a Bears win on your birthday. I think that's my present. Specifically, present to you. a Bears win, uh, a week one win. When you're doing the preseason schedule thing of the win loss, everybody had us opening up. Everyone had us opening up. Every Bear fan, I mean, maybe maybe there are some dissolutioned amongst us, but everyone had us 0-1, so we are already uh, out in front of the pace right now with the Bears coming away with the win against the 49ers. Um, I think a lot of good to take away from this game. You don't want to blow it up and maybe um, – start moving expectations just yet because I think that the conditions definitely leveled the playing field. I think that people overestimated Trey Lance's readiness in that moment. I think yep. people underestimated the bears and maybe there, um, you know, everybody, everybody who's undervalued or everybody who's bottom third of the league does the whole we're taking notes. We got the receipts thing, but like a couple teams a year usually do that. And it like, it, it works. It translates to wins. And I think the bears sort of have like a little chip on their shoulder. Nobody believes in us about them. They're going to face teams that are better than them, but I think they faced a team that was better than them on Sunday and they came away with a win. So if they can kind of play from that place all year, I think, I think this is a team that maybe could surprise some people. I'm still not, I'm not going to say the P word, but uh, it was a fun. No. I, I'm at the point where and you've heard this word tossed around a lot this week by a lot of outsiders in the weeks before leading up to this week by a lot of bears people. The Bears are going to be frisky this year. 
because they did not get they really didn't get much worse than last year they they lost they lost Allen Robinson yes but Allen Robinson didn't do anything for it last year they lost Khalil Mack yes but Khalil Mack was on the field for half the games and he was either you know healthy or saving himself or not in it whatever don't blame it all whatsoever um they lost to Keem Hicks Keem Hicks didn't play like they brought back pretty much just about everybody from a a pretty from a Mm -hmm. what was it six win team last year and they went out and got a coaching staff that knows like how to coach professional football. They clearly drafted very well. And I that's think that's one of like, the topics we'll get, we'll get to one. I think the draft picks will be one of the topics we talked about pretty early on. Cause early returns look very good from Ryan Poles draft from that game. But mm-hmm. you had a team that was coached up and, and, and knew how to play professional football. And most importantly, knew how to adjust. Like they didn't start out well. They stuck to the game plan. They clearly wanted to try yeah. and, you know, body blow the 49ers front seven. And that front seven is spectacular. That's the, that was the defensive, I know the, the defensive line, the pass rush, the, the linebackers, all fantastic. But I thought the Bears did a great job of weathering the storm, hitting body blows. And obviously the rain was a factor, but, you know, the Bears were playing in it too. And it seemed like as the game went on and adjustments got made, the Bears were the team that was kind of able to withstand all of the adversity and everything going on. Yeah, I think you made a good point there too, where like we're so used to, uh, and, and we don't need to, make everything relative to the Matt Nagy era, but it's our most, re- it's our most recent. Uh, We're going to do that early because it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a reference point. You're trying to see how they're different and to know how they're different. You have to look at what they were. And under Matt Nagy, it was a team that criminally underperformed in the third quarter. And like you said, failed to adjust, failed to make the in-game change that then saw some offensive production or even um, defensively to have the right scheme out there on the field. You saw that on Sunday. And I think that it's a lot of, Obviously, we saw good things on field. I love the touch ball over the top on the second touchdown to uh, mm-hmm. Equinemius. I love the fact that his eyes remained downfield after he bought the time on the touchdown to Pettis. That's not a throw we want on a dry day because guys can change direction a lot quicker and maybe that little floater ball across the field doesn't work. But for him to even be aware of Dante Pettis on that side of the field when he's already rolled completely to the other side, he's showing growth in the way he's processing the coverage downfield. I liked a lot of on-field stuff, but there's so much. Ryan Poles covered in rain, hugging his players on the way out. Um, Eberflus and the words that he shared with the team after the game, the way they adjusted. Like, so much of, like, the difference between winning and losing, not to be cheesy, like, all these guys are great. All these coaches are top tier and top level. It's it's the little execution. It's the attitude. It's the intangibles sometimes that makes the difference between being the six-win team or being an eight-win team or a nine-win team. And it was just really nice to see this team come out, show up, where teams without that identity or teams without that core or that belief or that reason on a rainy day like that disappear. You know, like it's easy to say, let's get this 60 minutes of football done. Let's cash our checks. Let's get to 0-1 like everybody expected. And let's move Especially on. Especially with how the game. first like, half they went, They didn't too. do that. They stayed right there. And Yeah. You talked about intangibles. I, pull, I, I want to double check the exact numbers. Penalties. 12 for 99 San Francisco bears three for 24 when one of which was a towel penalty that nobody knew existed till it was flagged. That is how I, I, I could probably go through a football discipline, reference and all the game logs. From last football. Year. Holy hell. Were they disciplined? Yeah. This is like completely different from what we saw a year ago. And it's, it's the big, it's the big things like that. You could talk about the intangibles or you can usually talk about the big indicators, penalties, they performed well there. They protected the quarterback. I believe Fields only got sacked twice, which would probably be close to a, a career yeah. low. Um, what else? They won. They won the turnover battle. Let's talk about Eddie Jackson, who got absolutely run over at the goal line. And I thought, oh God, it, it, nothing. It's it's the Eddie Jackson is just continuing this digression after mm-hmm. Debo put him on his back. But whether it was them staying in the game or the guys he's playing around comes up with a couple big plays that's been his calling card in the past. And, oh, my God, Eddie Jackson's back. Again, it's all overreaction. But they did the little things. Turnovers, penalties, protect the quarterback, rush the quarterback. They, they, did, the, they did the big things that you have to do to win. Yeah, and I think Eddie. the, the thing with Eddie Jackson was, yeah, you know, you'd like to see him put forth a better effort 
on tackling Debo Samuel at the goal line, but it, he was also going up against Debo Samuel at the goal line, who's one of the tougher yeah. runners in football. And Eddie Jackson, even at, in his heyday in 20, was it 18? Was never like yeah, the best tackler. He's a he wasn't a big, yeah, he, he wasn't a Sean Taylor. He's a big yeah. play taking the ball away guy, and that's what he did. And you had two, that, that one stuck out. And Jalen Johnson's peanut punch, which now we, you know, we're, we're talking about and hearing about how much they're actually practicing that on, you know, play uh, in camp and practice plays that go out to, out to the outside, having that second man in just go right for the ball. Like that's just, it, it's these little things I'm, that we I'm not ready we haven't to do, seen I'm not for a ready. while. I'm not ready to do the I told you so thing. And I know you weren't naysaying me, but just like the general um, third person, I told you so. But this, I loved this secondary and their makeup. Jalen Johnson, oh, I do too. Was the le- Jalen Johnson was the least targeted secondary member. He was least targeted defensive back, excuse me, um, in the NFL in week one. And that's not, that's not by accident. Like you'll look at those numbers when we have a 10 week sample size and I'm not saying he'll be number one, but he'll be a top five, top 10 least targeted corner in the league, which Mm -hmm. tells you that people are taking notice of this Bears secondary. Yeah. And I thought you had Jaquan Brisker was all over the field. He was everything that's, that we were kind of getting hyped up for him to be in, in the preseason. I thought he was great. High intensity, always around the ball. Like love. Ky- Kyler, Kyler Gordon. And Penn State football. It's, it's, hey, he's like, he's like Adrian, Amos. Adrian Amos. We just had this guy a couple years ago. Uh, now let's not let him walk to the Packers. Um, we had Kyler, Kyler Gordon, who early on had a – I don't, I don't necessarily know if it was a blown assignment or if feet got tangled up, but him and Kendall Vildor kind of got crossed up and 49ers mm-hmm. broke it off for a big play. And Kyler Gordon came back and was all over the football and making tackles. And while he probably has a few things to clean up in coverage, that's probably why they have him in the slot for right now. He was fantastic in stopping the run. And he was, you know, he, he was up there making tackles, making plays. You had Dominique Robinson, who's a you know, converted like quarterback defensive end, who's, you know, coming up with one and a half sacks and limited, um, in limited snaps on the field, really just kind of being in more pass rush downs. Mm-hmm. I, I know we started with the secondary there, but now I'm just getting over all the defense and the rookies. Like, man, like you had a lot of young players stepping up and making plays. And that's just, yeah. I'm not really used. Tevin Jenkins was one of the highest graded guards on, on pro football focus this week. I know pro football focus is not the end all be all, but like the data doesn't lie fully. And I thought he played pretty well. And I really liked the rotation they gave with him and Lucas Patrick because Patrick is, is hand screwed up. So he's still not at the point where he's snapping yet. They wanted to get him yeah. snaps, but they also wanted to ease Tevin Jenkins. And man, your first start at a new position against that front seven is pretty a really good. challenging spot. He did pretty damn good. And I like how they gave him, they didn't just throw him totally into the fire. They rotated him. I think it was every two series with Patrick. I thought he looked pretty damn good. He looked like a really darn good NFL guard. Uh, I, and I like Sam Mustafer, but when Lucas Patrick's healthy and you bump him over to center and Sam Mustafer becomes your swing guard, swing tackle, whatever, swing center, like, man, like that offensive line is not bad. And I know it's not the end all be all, but like you look up most of the advanced metrics, they're one of the higher performing offensive lines in football last week. And that's not going to last. They do have to run the football a little bit better. They have to well, that's what I was say, a little more just keep doing it. It ain't going to get, it ain't going to get much harder than you just think. That was, that was about as good of a front seven as you're going to see this season. The one you face next week is going to be pretty darn good too. That's going to be a tough one, but like you're not going to get much that are better than the San Francisco 49ers front seven. I completely agree with you. Um, I think that, I, I don't know for what reason, but We've talked about every single position except the quarterback position. Really. Except I mean, probably the most important one. What did you What did you make of Fields? Because it's shaky start. Yeah. Um, I, I I think the win is masking some things that obviously have to get better. But he only threw the ball seventeen times, which the game plan on a day like that, I don't hate that at all. Um, I just don't want I, you know. I, I look at his box score, and I don't want that to be the box score all season. No, like you I got don't either. you got rain, sleet, or snow. We got to complete more than eight passes. Um, he made the run sixty plays. If you're going to run sixty plays, we got to pace that. I don't care what the scenario situation is. We need more than eight completions. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that. that that has is that, to be, is that a fair is no, that a fair ask? That's an incredibly fair ask, and I think we'll see that go up. Um, I, I thought of the two quarterbacks, he was the better one. Not that Trey, I don't think Trey Lance was. I don't think Trey Lance was as bad as everybody is saying, but he was. I think Justin Fields only, really outplayed him, especially year, in that second only year half. Two, only year two quarterback to have a win in week one. So there you go. Take, um, take that with you. 
I, I, I think the first half, the play calling was a little bit interesting. They clearly wanted to establish a run, and it did take the offensive line for as much as we're singing their praises. It took the offensive line a little while to kind of get themselves into it. I think he was struggling throwing with that glove a little bit, um, and he, he might have finally got used to it a little bit in the second half. But I, I was just impressed with the way that he kind of kept going at it. He never really seemed to get discouraged or too frustrated. He just kind of kept running the offense. And I, I think what he does, uh, we know what he does so well, but I haven't seen a quarterback with his pocket presence. Like we talk about the Brady's, we talk about the Rogers uh, abilities to sense their pass rush, sense where the pressure is coming from and be able to spin off it, be able to duck it. He's done a very, very good job of that so far early on. And, and I think we're starting to now I, the throw that he made over to Pettis was to a wide open receiver. And, you know, in, in a non rainy day, he's going to put a little more zip on that. But those are types of plays that we haven't seen quarterbacks from bear, you know, bears quarterbacks make. Sometimes they spin off that pressure and they, you know, scramble it for three yards. Fine. His sense to sense the backside pressure, spin off it, run back and find that receiver is not something, you know, that that isn't quarterback awareness we've seen since maybe Jay Cutler at times. But even then, that was just at times. Um, So I I was impressed with his intangibles and some of the like the throw he made to St. Brown, I thought was a that was a perfectly placed had to be in one spot and he got it over to, you know, over two guys in coverage had to lead his receiver perfectly and did. And I thought that was, I mean, that, that throw to me really stuck out. The way that I sort of explained it in a different scenario uh, on Sunday was with, or excuse me, on Thursday, we were talking about it with Josh Allen. You can't let the asset become the liability. You can't let your ability to run hurt you and the team, because if you get hurt, it hurts you and the team. So, I love what you're saying about fields and the ability and the ability leading to more shots downfield, the ability leading to more off schedule plays, the ability leading to more sort of drawn up in the sand moments that he thrives in rather than pocket breaks down. Let me go get six and maybe take a hit. Like that's just not what we're looking for. It can't be that. And I did see that from a positive standpoint. I, I, I I don't want to be misconstrued here. I walked away feeling good about what he put out there in week one. And, And again, things you have to, you have to like, watch more than the game to kind of see where things are going to go. Looked mm-hmm. like his, his huddle, he had his huddle commanded, looked like he was on the sideline. He was that guy people were looking to look like in the moment sliding after the game that there's a group that likes each other and wants to have fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, you hear, you hear Roquan talking to reporters after the game. Like it's not like a kid on Christmas. He was giddy. Like to know that your linebacker um, at the core of your defense, who is embroiled in a contract negotiation, not actively, but we know what the situation is, is still going about his business that way. Like again, a lot of belief in the room, air in the room, first of the season, first of the season, air in the room, Matt, we got there. We We finally got there. Um, but no, it. It, it was, you can only, you can only walk away from this one feeling, um, positive with a 1910 win over the Niners. And there is no time to celebrate because in prime time, we will face a, uh, a Packers team that, um, I mean, we'll get to some reaction here in a moment, but, uh, I don't know. I feel a lot better today than I did about it five days ago. Um, yeah. I feel like a team that like, I feel like we're going to go into game now. Could the bears lose by two touchdowns? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the Green Bay Packers. They played terrible in week one. They have a history of playing terrible in week one and bouncing back, especially with Aaron Rodgers. But like, I just don't think they're going to be – I don't know. I don't, it's, it's I don't have a feeling that the football – I don't have a feeling that the Chicago Bears – goes away. They're yeah, I, I don't think the Bears are going to be a team that gets, gets embarrassed. Like, I don't think yeah. you're going to see a team that falls down 14 nothings. like, whatever. Okay, fine. We're done. Like, they did so many times, the, you know, the last few years. Yeah. And uh, – I also don't see them as the team that's going to jump out to a 10 nothing lead like Nagy teams did sometime and then just completely get their feet stuck in the mud, not know what to do and end up losing the game, you know, 27 to 13. It just, it feels like they're going to, it it feels like that come back to this word again. They're just going to be a frisky football team to play. And, and, And when we're talking about this team in late November, are we going to, be talking about them as a, as a team that is a legitimate shot to make the playoffs? Probably not. Maybe they're the last team that's on Fox's in the hunt graphic. Who knows? But they're going to be a team that like teams at the end of the season who are going up to, you know, who are going for a playoff bid are not going to want to go up against because they're going to play you really tough. They're going to be well coached and they're going to make adjustments at halftime. And those are some 
some things that you don't want to see. And I think you're also going to see a quarterback who by this time, who by eight, nine weeks from now, I, I think we're going to see flourishing even more. Cause I think we saw again, the flashes, we talked about seeing the flashes all the time with Justin Fields. I think we saw those again. And I think we're starting to see them a little bit more consistently. You want to see that first half start a little better, but with those elements throwing with the glove on, like that's, that's something he has to be better at. but there are some reasons for a slow start. He got better. He improved as the game went on and we saw some flashes. Like we're seeing those flashes that we haven't seen in a long time. You know who I think, I think this is, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I know we joke about it, but this is such an in the hunt team. This is, this this is is a team that will be, Right there in the hunt. They're gonna be in the but hunt not, until about not sneak, real, sneak. not a realistic, yeah. not a realistic thing. But man, like week fifteen, they week the sixteen, hunt? they're gonna be like the fourth team on the in the hunt graph, and you, we're, no, they win, and we're gonna be they on here like their last three maybe, games and get maybe, a little help. They're gonna win not, their last maybe. three games and get a little help. They're gonna um, be the team that's on like Sunday that needs to win and then have five other teams yeah, lose. The Steelers like one, and Chargers need to tie. Five other teams need to lose. And yeah, one team needs to tie, and the Bears are in. And we're gonna be talking like it can happen. Here's the path. Here's what the Bears uh, playoff happen, parlay Matt. pays out to be. It can't happen because we had a tie on Sunday. Uh, with that, do we want to <laughs> give some quick hitters around the league? Let's and, uh, do it. Let's. You know. You know what they Should always I bring say? back the music. They always say, yeah, hit the music. And as the music plays, um, you know, they, they always say, don't overreact after week one. But I think that's, oh, that's exactly overreact. what we should do. Let's just, let's give our biggest overreaction on each one of these teams coming out of these games, beginning on Thursday night with the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. Immediate overreaction is just shine the Lombardi and get it ready for Buffalo. And LA is not a playoff team. Yeah, hand the MVP to Josh Allen. But in all seriousness, right. I like that too. Not, not as overreaction, but like kind of an overreaction. Is Matthew Stafford's elbow okay? That's kind of what um, I left that no. one feeling. And, like. I, and I don't it didn't think, look. And I don't think he, it was. I don't think it was last year either. Like the more news that comes out, yeah, he's always been like a three quarter guy. But that's not that three quarter doesn't scream longevity. You see the guys that are doing like watch Tom, watch uh, Rogers. Everything comes like over the top of that shoulder with the flick at the top. Where Stafford's this like. Even when even when he's got time in the pocket, it's a little bit three quarters, and yeah. that asks a lot of that elbow snap. I, I don't know. It was, you know, we're always prisoners of the moment. Let's not forget Matthew Stafford has had issues, health, execution, everything you can imagine before in the past. He's a prolific passer. He is just becoming a quote unquote winner. So like, I, you know, it's been ten years and. Sometimes that's when you see the tail off. We've gotten spoiled by these older quarterbacks that continue to do it. Maybe that was maybe we peaked, you know. And if that yeah. was the peak, God bless. You, you look at you look at Stafford's completions. They're the you know the Rams receiving leaders. Cooper Cup had yeah. 13 for 128, but Cooper Cup is not the you know going downfield all the time guy. He's very much you know, running a lot of underneath crossers and stuff. Uh-huh. The rest of his completions are tight ends and running backs. Allen Robinson had one. Like, they didn't throw the ball downfield. They didn't push the ball downfield. And that, to me, screams, you, know, you have a guy who didn't play in the preseason, didn't really throw much throughout the preseason. We're talking about how his elbows kind of hurt. And, you know, it's a, it's an injury that pitchers suffer. Like, I think his elbows kind of messed yeah. up. But he got a Super um, Bowl. So I, I, I hope it's not I hope it's not the case. I want him to play because the Rams you. are fun when he's healthy. But doesn't didn't seem healthy in that one to me. No. And uh, let's Josh let's Allen did, though. Play. Let's not downplay the fact that Kevin O'Connell is no longer a part of that LA offense. He was, I mean, he had, that, to him. He had that he had that offense humming uh, in Minnesota. Obviously, Cooper Cup still gets his, but that that secondary receiver, I, Allen Robinson, go back and look at it. He, it's not that he wasn't being targeted; he was not open. He was blanketed the entire day. It might it might be over. Um, also, there again, it's overreaction Wednesday. Josh Allen, MVP, Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl champs. Allen Robinson, um, career over. That's I think how we can hear this one. New Orleans and Atlanta. This was a weird game. Atlanta looked like they were going to steal one. Uh, Mariota was running around, but then late comeback. Jameis um, injury. This one had all the. This one had all of the makings of like a. a I don't know how I want to describe it. They, this is a, they are who we thought they were situation. These are kind of two shitty football teams right now. New Orleans, I expect to get better, but neither team looked very good in this one point game. 
No, I, so looking at the box score here, really happy again for Cordero Patterson, uh, Bear for Life. Um, that, I, I, I do joke yeah, about, about that, just, but like, how about just pivoting to like, I'm a running back now, and not only am I a running back, I'm a top 10 I'm a running really back good in the one. Um, it's like, I can't like, get open anymore, so just hand it to me. I joke, <laughs> like, we joke about the Nagy era all the time, but like, Cordero Patterson was like one of, if not the only redeeming quality from those, those couple of years. Like, he was really good, fun to watch, played really hard. I, I hope he finds a team that's good so he can get a chance to play some serious football games uh, on the other side with the Saints like I think they'll be a fine football team but like leading up to week one all I heard was how they're going to win the NFC South and they're a dark horse Super Bowl contender yeah. and this and that and like uh, I don't Michael Thomas I don't really hashtag see hashtag back maybe hashtag back Michael Thomas yeah. um, he, he played if, that's nice if, if Kamara can pop if yeah no I think that I think it's a good roster no it, it is it's a good, not a good they're not a good team yet um, I Fair think enough. New Orleans will be better I think that it'll be interesting between New Orleans uh, and Tampa Bay for that division. Tampa Bay's defense was very nasty. Teased my pick for week two. Uh, we already Ooh. covered the Niners and the Bears. Steelers and uh, Bengals. Good Again, this for was Mitch. Just like, yeah, Round like good of for applause Mitch. for Mitch. Almost was, our, almost was our second tie of the week, and it very well could have been after a bunch of missed kicks and hijinks. I don't know. It, like Just like broad strokes, it looks like the Bengals are going to have to succeed again in spite of their own self-inflicted wounds. Bad offensive line, turnovers, lots of penalties. You're not going to make it to the Super Bowl twice that way. Last year was a complete and utter like statistical anomaly in the fact that they were yeah. the most sacked team, made it to the Super Bowl, and almost won the damn thing. Like In spite of having giving up nine sacks in the Super Bowl, seven sacks in the Super Bowl, and they still almost won. So I, I don't want to watch a whole season of that because that's Burrow, who's not the most mobile guy running for his life and trying to avoid injury for 18, mm-hmm. 17 weeks. Um, but it looks like... It, Despite retooling that offensive line, it looks like that's a lot of what's going to be happening again. Nasty yeah. defense, um, going to be a good team, but Pittsburgh, again, like we talk about floors and ceilings. Mike Tomlin's teams, no matter where their talent level is, will always play to their ceiling, and I think that's how they came away with a win against a good team. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's floor has just has become in the hunt. Like that is the, that, that's the absolute floor for this team, and that's yeah, got to be Mike really Mike Tomlin's floor is playoffs. Like that's that's almost become his floor. He's only missed the playoffs. Well, they're uh, no, they're, they're always the playing for year. they're always playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. I think it was two years ago they missed it, and they win. Whatever, games, they're always so. right there. Um, yeah. yeah, the Bengals. Are, I, I think. I think we'll see them get better as we went on. Burrow missed some time in the preseason. Jamar Chase looked really, really good, but it just seemed like a lot of the same problems that plagued them last year. Um, a, a team, though, that I think is a, a preseason, I think we're, we're learning is kind of important, actually, uh, when it comes yeah, to week one. I think, that's I, a fair I think we're starting to learn that. Like, we uh, we joke, like, joked about in the past with the Bears, but, like, they used to say Nagy was always sitting starters for a while. Like, I think we're starting to see that these – Getting not it doesn't have to be playing you know all four quarters for all three games, but like getting dudes some preseason reps is is important, and I think we're starting mm-hmm. to see that become a thing. Yeah, I I think that the statistics will bear that out over time, as uh, yes, as they say. So uh, a lot of rusty quarterback play that can be pointed to in a lot of different places. Um, Philadelphia was not one of those places. The Eagles and the Lions were. Just in a high-scoring affair, nobody could get a stop. Lions wouldn't go away. They lose a three-point game. You can show the statistics a million times over. Last year, they were they had the second-worst record in the league, third-worst record in the or second, yeah, second-worst yeah. record in the league, but covered the most. They were the most profitable side against the spread. So I think that they're they get a little bit of disrespect, or maybe Vegas has not caught up with. Dan Campbell's like want to. I know we're talking about a lot of intangibles here, but this is going to be them all year. The team that doesn't go away. Um, like we talked about with the Bears, which is kind of gross that I'm talking about the Lions the same way, but the team that won't go away and loses a lot of games by three to four points. Like, yeah. I think that's who Detroit is, and I also think Philly's really good. If they figure it I out on the defensive side of the ball, that offense looked awesome. A.J. Brown looked like a monster. I mean, that foot looked fine. He was going up and getting balls. He, I think he had more he had more receiving yards in the first half on Sunday than any Eagles receiver did for the last three years like in a game or something like that. It was ridiculous. Like some ridiculous doubt. AJ Brown was like a top five receiver in football in that game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And like, that's an interesting, that's an interesting conversation to have. Cause we're, I was having it with um, my analyst, Brian McFadden, who played for uh, two times Super Bowl champ with the Steelers and just talking about like elite receivers. He went up against, he said right now in the game, it's just, it's completely different. It's a murderer's row. Like they had studs in the past, but like, there's like, 
seven guys right now who like no one can cover. Yeah, there haven't there haven't been a much better there hasn't been a much better time for wide receivers in the NFL. Next up, New England and Miami. I mean, feel like I learned more about New England than Miami in this one. Miami, little sloppy, comes away with the win, two and now four and zero against Belichick. But again, I think that's more of a construct of what New England is right now rather than like two is the guy type feels. But um, they look good enough to get the ball to Tyreek and to Waddle. Big touchdown right before half to Waddle, a long one that make the numbers look a lot better than it is. I'm not going like anti-Tua here. Again, I think New England told us more about who they're going to be, and I don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of what is possibly going on with Belichick. Is like, does he actually think Matt Patricia is the answer offensive coordinator? Is this his way of kind of saying he doesn't really believe in Mac defense Jones for a decade? Is like, he, is, yeah, is like, is this trying to like tank Mac Jones so he can draft Bryce Young? Like, I, I don't really know what's going on there. I do think we found out that Miami is a pretty solid team. Like, say what you want about New England's offense. New England's also going to always going to play good, tough defense. And I thought Tua looked just fine. Uh, was he spectacular? No, but 23 or 33 for 270 and a touchdown didn't turn the ball over. Like I'll take that every time. And I think you see Miami has, uh, has a couple dudes at receiver and Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle, who I think are going to be yeah. a really tough duo for teams to worry about. So uh, I, I don't think we learned nothing about Miami, but I think you're right. This is a lot more about what, what New England's become than what Miami kind of is at this moment. Uh, for some reason, the universe gave you the least highlights of Baltimore, New York. Uh, the yeah, I think I saw one play Meadowlands, Which is weird because uh, uh, Lamar looked awesome. Like, in the pocket, he looked great. Um, buying time and putting, like, touch balls over the top. There was throw to the back of the end zone. Guy streaking across the back of the end zone, kind of off schedule, too. But, like... 25, 30 yard throw. I mean, three touchdowns, an interception, 213 yards. He's going to, he looks like a guy who's going to let his play do the talking this year. And it'll lead to the conversation next year of do they pay him? If they don't win the Super Bowl, probably not. You get the franchise next year, you get the second franchise. There's actually a construct that they can give him a third franchise tag, but it would be like a ridiculous number. Like 55 um, a year or something like that, I think. Yeah, but they could they could get three more years out of him on one-year deals, which is I kind of spitting in the guy's face, but at the same time, I the most it. financially prudent with what he is as a quarterback. He is a, yeah. again, from like a risk aversion standpoint, he puts himself in harm's way a lot more than other players do. Josh Allen does. Uh, I'd say you could put Fields and Lance on that list. Mm-hmm. I'd say you could put um, even Tua starts putting himself in some bad spots. I'd say you could put Hertz in. Like, there's just a lot of um, off schedule football that is leading to non traditional contact to the quarterback. And Lamar Jackson is one of those guys that is going to be in more of those situations than not. The team's going to take the more um, risk averse approach to him and. I, I don't know. I hope they make it right this offseason because he looked awesome despite not having showed any highlights anywhere but CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, seriously, you guys must have been the only place. Apologies, we had uh, we had the well, we had the Bears on the big screen, and then we had the uh, 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 the setup in Alyssa's room has the one TV, so we had the red zone going on the on the laptop. We did not have the third lap or the the third screen with the second laptop open. I do apologize. Just the disrespect. Just the disrespect. Joe, no, don't don't give me that. I'm I'm your biggest right. fan. If it's outside of the parents, I'm your biggest fan. You know, and Shelby, obviously. Uh, but she oh. well, she's more than a fan now. She's your wife. That's um, my wife. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Um, yeah, I just I, I, th- I feel like we've seen this from Omar though. Like he has hot starts, and it's about can you sustain it over eighteen weeks and in the playoffs? And but like, that, that I, lack of that inability to sustain has been because he's not on the field. Exactly, and yeah. I, I I think we're going to see early on he's going to be yeah. the, the, the throughout the first few weeks of the year it's going to be you got to pay him, you got to pay him, you got to pay him. And then he's going to keep taking these hits and, you know, they run an offense that features him basically as a running back at times. And that's, I mean, you see it with running backs, like how beat up they get. And I'm not saying Lamar's a running back. Lamar or Lamar has a great, has, has a fantastic arm. He's a good thrower, but he runs a lot more than any other quarterback, not named Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has probably 30 pounds on the guy. So I, I, I do worry about Lamar's ability to stay healthy. I think when healthy and when in, you know, when at, full strength. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in football, but he hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy over 16 games and sustain a full season. And if you can't do that, I'm not, I don't want to give you 40 million a year over six years, you know, with 
four years guaranteed. Like I just, I can't yeah. commit to that. I, I get the tag sentiment. That's the approach I'd be taking. All right. So that's the financial overreaction in Baltimore. Uh, I think we both kind of see it the same way. Let's overreact to Jacksonville, Washington. Uh, these two teams will have a combined less than 10 wins this season. That's going to be my overreaction. Uh, Commanders football starting off with a win. So one to know in the era of the Commanders. Congratulations, Carson Wentz, 313 yards, but came alive in the second half. Didn't look great. Uh, Jacksonville. I mean, there's just work to be done. Doug Peterson's got a lot of work in front yeah. of him in Jacksonville. It's a tough roster. Um, the rookies in this game, I thought, were pretty yeah, – uh, uh, Jahan Dotson was really good. Dotson was um, the first overall kid. Yeah, Trayvon that, Walker yeah. had the interception. I thought he was you know, flashed sack. times. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, again, talk about overreacting, and it's early, but you know, Trayvon Walker had the four tackles, sack interception. I think Aiden Hutchinson re- recorded, like, one tackle throughout, so early returns are saying Jacksonville might have made the right pick there. I, <laughs> I like I'm, I'm, overreaction. Good overreaction. I'm just uh, you're talking about overreacting. I like trolling Michigan when I can, but I, I, I think that's going to end up being the better pick. I thought he flashed. I thought his speed was was very evident, so I, I thought some, some good things from some rookies from ultimately two teams that will probably not do much of anything this year. Cleveland and Carolina was kind of billed as this like Baker revenge game. Got it going late, uh, orchestrated a drive to put them in front, but then they come down the field, kick a game winning field goal. Cleveland, that is, to get their first week one win in 17 years, um, which, which is wild. Is just, um, I heard the guys on part of my take put it into context and in saying that yeah. Calvin Johnson, who's now <laughs> in the Hall of Fame, was a sophomore at Georgia Tech the last time Cleveland won in week one. So just like. Well, you- we were in seventh and eighth wild, grade yeah. or sixth and seventh grade. Like why? Very wild. Very wild. Um, but like outside of that, like I feel like it kind of flopped in terms of what I wanted out of this. Not that Carolina didn't win and Baker didn't get his revenge, but like he also didn't look great, sailed a couple receivers. Um I'm hoping for a I'm hoping for a, a season long double birds from Baker to Cleveland and Week one didn't make me feel good about that happening. No, it did not. No, yeah. I think this uh, week one made me – I gave out – I thought it was a fun value pick, you know, that, that 10 to 1, the, the Panthers in that division. If you thought the Bucks were going to have a down year, I didn't fully love the Saints value at like 3 to 1 to win that division. Fully regretting that already. They did not look like a team ready to do much of anything. And I think there is a job that just opened up in the college ranks that's going to be very perfect for Matt Rule in about uh, five, six months. Go Big Red. Go big red, get him there. That's that's your Go target. Go big red. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be an interesting job. Um, maybe that's more his speed. I don't know. We'll see. But good overreaction as well. Indy Houston was a tie, and most times when there's a tie, it feels like ugh, like this shouldn't have happened. This felt like it should have been a tie. Yeah, no, this deserved to way. be a tie. It was disgusting. Um, and my big overreaction from this one is. I guess my, it's more of a question than an overreaction. Why sure. do we think that past formulas are always going to work? Yes, Tampa added an aging quarterback. Sorry, he's the best in the world and then won a Super Bowl. Uh, L.A. won uh, middle of the road, getting older. People kind of wrote him off quarterback, but still very prolific mm-hmm. in the passing game. Won a Super Bowl. That's just not like – that's not the formula. Those are like two albatross. Yeah, those where, are outliers. I don't know why everybody thought we were going to add Matt Ryan to Indianapolis, a team that like – leans on the run game in the first place. Like how, how is Matt Ryan changing Indianapolis? Yes. He is far better a career quarterback than Carson Wentz. He, his numbers speak for themselves. He he's won a conference championship. He's almost won a Super Bowl. He's accomplished all these things in Atlanta, but like where he's at currently in his career, why do we think that the addition of Matt Ryan was going to be what put the, this Colts team over? Cause I never saw it that way. And like week one didn't bear that out either. No, I, I think what we when you get, when you saw the addition, like it was like, all right, they're going to be a little better than they were last year, and they should probably win the division now, and they're probably going to lose a road playoff game on or a playoff game on wild card weekend. Like that's just kind of who they are. I think when you're in a position where the Colts are, I, I don't know their exact draft pick situation in terms of how much their draft capital the last couple of years, but when you're, it's the danger of being that you know purgatory type team that they're always drafting kind of middle to back end of the first round and yeah. the franchise changing quarterback ain't ever fallen there. Yeah. Unless Just you get good really enough lucky. to not get better. Exactly. Right, so right, like, right, and, and when you're in that spot, yeah, you, you kind of have to risk with Phillip rivers. You kind of have to roll the dice with the car. Like you have to roll the dice on these guys because 
that's your only option. And that, uh, unless they, you know, this year decide this isn't the one and, and you know, really, you know, nut up and then basically trade their draft for a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young, they're going to keep themselves okay. in the spot of not being able to find themselves fi- able to get that franchise quarterback unless they really want to set the NFL world on fire and trade everything they have for Lamar Jackson. But then you're in a bad spot. Uh, Giants and the Titans, a one-point game that ends with a missed Randy Bullock field goal off the uh, off the foot of Randy Bullock. Um, the Tennessee kicker unable to I like how you emphasize the home. I really like that. Bullock. Bullock. But then I got lost Bullock. in it for a second. I was, he's I was a big boy. About that. Uh, he's a big boy Bullock. <laughs> big boy Bullock. Uh, New York is above 500 for the first time since 2016, so they got that going for them, which is nice. Um, Daniel Jones essentially – in the fourth quarter on like, I think they were on like the six yard line, essentially walked a ball to a defensive back and handed it to him. I mean, it looked like he had handed Tennessee the game there. They get another shot. They come downfield, they score Tennessee then drives down the field with a chance to win the game. Can't convert the field goal. Um, Big takeaway here is one Danny Dimes is not the guy. And two, we are on the backside of the Tennessee bell curve. Yes. They were the top seed. They were the top seed last season in the AFC. Uh, Green Bay was the top seed in the NFC. Both of those teams lost by 25 or more points in week one. So, like, let's not lose our heads over anything we saw here, but, like, Tennessee might be on the wrong side of Derrick Henry, might be on the wrong side of, like, their window. Yeah, I don't like – that I get out of Tennessee. The difference with those two teams that you mentioned, like, the Packers, I didn't see anybody – well, they didn't play very well, and, you know, the Vikings looked really good it didn't look like the Packers were just a team over the hill. Like the, you know, those Patriots teams sometimes looked like it didn't seem like they were a team that was trying to, you know, grab the last bit of juice out of a few players. It looked like a team that was new, mm-hmm. young, probably has not even probably has some talent deficiencies at the, at the receiver position and looks like they're going to need a little time. Tennessee looked the opposite. I mean, you have a quarterback who just, he's not very good in Ryan Tannehill. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. You have a running back for who's as outstanding as he is. We talk about, not paying running backs. Everybody does. He looks like a guy who's, you know, starting to get onto the back nine of that career. And and while he's still going to be a very solid player, it, it's not going to be able to be the, we're just, our offense is Derrick Henry and we're going to win a lot of games because of it. Yeah. He almost kind of has to be a compliment to your offense now. And Matt Ryan is not good enough to be the centerpiece of your offense, especially when you just traded AJ Brown for a guy in Traylon Burks, who really looks like he needs some time too. So I'm, yeah, I think the Titans are a very solid fade pick this year. I don't think they're going to be all that good. And I think the Giants, I think everybody but Saquon looked okay. But Saquon, or I'm sorry, sorry, Saquon. Danny Dimes looked okay, but like Dan, Daniel Jones yeah. isn't the guy. He's just not. And that's Giants fans knew that already. But like it was going to take you one year, Brian Dable, for him to tell it to, tell it to you. He's going to tell you that at the end of the year. Uh, like I said, Green Bay opens up with a loss as they did a year ago when they went on to represent the one seed in the NFC and then fall in the divisional round to the Niners at home. I mean, just warms your heart thinking about it. But they lose week one to a Minnesota team that uh, looks like a problem in our backyard as well. Justin Jefferson, Kevin O'Connell, match made in heaven. You're going to see a lot of schemes you saw last year for Cooper cup to get him open. And he got open a buck 50 plus in the first half. And with, I think a buck 84 and two tuds, if I'm not mistaken, um, he's the best receiver. He's the best receiver in the game right now. His only reference point, what he's accomplished this early in his career is Randy Moss. And that's when, you know, it's like, Oh, we're, we're off and running here. So uh, yeah. it's going to be fun to watch him all but two weeks this season. Um, but I think Minnesota's really good. And I am ready to overreact a little bit on Green Bay. This doesn't look like the R-E-L-A-X. Like, we got all the pieces we need team. Yes, they were down their, their tackles, and their tackles are expected to be back in the not-too-distant future. Um, but the receiving core is an issue. You had a dropped wide-open deep ball on the first play of the game that really set the tone for a frustrated Aaron Rodgers the rest of the day. Um, Is he going to get them where they need to be? Likely because he carries that standard with him. And if you don't meet that standard, get the hell out of the room. I just don't know if there's guys in the room that, if there's like 20 something guys in that room that can meet that standard. That's Um, the problem is like, he's always had guys in the past who can meet that standard. He always had Devontae Adams. He always had, Jordy Nelson, he had Randy Randall Cobb in his prime. Like 
I don't know. To me, you saw a guy on that sidelines who, don't get me wrong, really happy he got paid a ton of money. He's going to stick around for a few years now because of it. But kind of the frustration looked different in week one against Minnesota than we've yeah, seen in years past. And like It looked like a guy who kind of knew that they were like, – they don't have the guys. Again, game within the game here, not X and an O in it, but like there's something – comfortable and productive about venting to those that you trust, like big life thought there, but in football on the sideline, why do you think we have this? Podcast? He's not, he's not exactly. He's not yelling at Luke Getzey anymore. And he's not asking uh, Devonte Adams why he broke it off at 15. It didn't stay with the go. He's not like, he's having to talk to all different people. He's not talking to his OC. He's not talking to his quarterback or, uh, or his, his QB coach, coordinator, whatever you wanted to call Getsy last year. It's a whole different ecosystem. So when he is frustrated, it's almost adver- it feels more adversarial than productive. You know, like he's kind of like MF in these guys who it's time to raise your level to my level, coaches, players, and otherwise, where there was a rapport before. You got to establish a rapport. Does he? Probably. Will they succeed? Probably. But they also might get kind of stuck in this space where it's a little uncomfy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like the – it's like the Pablo Escobar sitting on the like sitting on the bench by himself gift. Like that's kind of what I felt like. Like he, he, like nobody else was really none of the familiarity was really there outside of David Bakhtiari. And I know Matt Lafleur has been there a couple of years now, but still like that's newer. Like I don't know. It just I think they're going to be fine. They're, like they're not going to be this under five hundred team. They'll probably still be a playoff team. The defense still, you know, for how much that Vikings offense was buzzing and buzzing early, the defense figured it out. And, you know, kept that to a a limited score. Um, mm-hmm. that offense, I just, I think is going to struggle. I think they're going to be a spot where they're, you know, probably a playoff team around 10 and seven, but I don't think they're going to do anything of substance just because I don't think the offense is there. Okay. So massive overreaction question for you. Sure. What team does Aaron Rodgers lead to the Super Bowl next year? <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. I just, for some reason, I, like, and this goes against everything I said in preseason with like, Derek Carr being the guy and he wins the MVP at 30 to one, maybe Vegas. Like it just goes poorly in Vegas this year. They lose a lot of like three point games. And I, I just see him in Vegas. I, I think it might just be stuck in my head from this off season, but um, he signed the contract probably not happening anyway. Kansas city, if not the best team in the NFL is one, a uh, like, like if I could just square us up here, it is, the Chiefs versus the Bills in the AFC Championship. It is the Just give it I think to we us. Get a preview of it this week. No, it's the Eagles and the Vikings in the uh, in the NFC Championship, and I think it's the Chiefs over the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Like if I could just reset my picks here. Um, but that being said, Patrick Mahomes went out there, and I don't think we give Patrick Mahomes enough credit for that dog in him, uh, as the kids say, like for like the. There's a little bit of F you in Mahomes. He was like, oh, I lost my receiver and you're writing us all off. Well, watch me do things with this football that no one else in the Mm -hmm. world can. I mean, there was a throw between triple coverage to Travis Kelsey that was never in harm's way and skated by like three guys' ears in one's hand. It was unbelievable. And he did – he had multiple throws like that on Sunday. He is still that dude. Uh, Fine. Maybe the Bills are better. Maybe Josh Allen is a more viable MVP candidate, but best quarterback in the world wears number fifteen for the Chiefs. Yeah, that was a that was a statement game from him. That was a yeah. there there was clearly we talked about chips on your shoulder early. There was a chip on his shoulder there. I thought the same thing for Travis Kelsey too, because there was a But do you think of him that a, way? Do you think do you think of Mahomes as the chip on the shoulder guy? Uh, I think any athlete, any pro athlete at times, okay. at times is going to find fine, a reason yeah. to have a chip on their shoulder. I don't think Mahomes is a like, guy. That, he's not. I don't like think Mahomes. I, see, I create one. No, I don't. Like no, Mahomes. Mahomes isn't, Aaron, Mahomes isn't Aaron Rodgers who has to go create one every year. But like yes. Mahomes is. There was legitimate concern about what the offense is going to look like without Tyreek Hill. How important was he? And I think he took that as like, a, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, we'll show you. And I thought Kelsey was the same way. You saw a lot of people saying, you know, Kelsey's going to take a step, take a step back. This is, you know, diagramming plays, you know, Tyreek Hill opens this for Kelsey and this is there for Kelsey because of Tyreek Hill. I think both of those guys are like, hey, like 
Ty's a great player, but we're, we're going to be just fine. And they were just yeah. fine on the other side. And um, that's what yeah. you have to do from an organizational standpoint to remain relevant for more than just that five-year window. When all your contracts line up is you need to get expiring big numbers off the books. You mm-hmm. need to get picks back for those and you need to continue to insulate your quarterback with enough. And I think the chiefs yeah. are doing a masterful job of that right now. would totally agree with it. On the other side, the Cardinals, uh, uh, do they have the first coach fired market? Uh, that's got to be on some website. Uh, I'm sure, somewhere. Probably I'm sure some, you can find that somewhere. Probably some Cliff. offshores. Um, I okay. think Cliff, I, I don't know the odds, but I think Cliff would be a, a fun bet there to track because I that's think, just, yeah, I think they're that's kinda, a tough look after the that's a tough look after the quarterback deal um, to fire the coach. But also, you could rationalize that in. We I just think that's the perfect deal. time. Let's like, get him. In, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get, get him his in guy. Book. Let's get a Big. new guy. Um, but this was his guy that's the problem like yeah that's, well that's the issue here is this was supposed to be the match made in heaven so i, I could I have know. told you the I, failed I, I, college I offensive win a lot of games this year yeah yeah that's fine that's fair um i just i think that arizona will beat some teams they're not supposed to this year they're going to lose a lot of games that they shouldn't um i, I don't know I, I think they're an underperforming team and will continue to be the chargers look really good um vegas yeah, looked good as well but unable to get to Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert looked great. Um, you talked about some of the throws Mahomes great. made. I think some that. of those throws Justin Herbert, Herbert made, made were like, well, yeah. oh my God. Like that was mm-hmm. just, it was just dimes. They didn't really have like just a like, bullet. Uh, it was, he was fantastic. I left really impressed with him. Okay. No major overreaction there. Uh, overreaction in Dallas is not an overreaction because you're losing your quarterback for six to eight weeks. So, uh, season's over in Dallas, and Tampa is a massive overreaction. Tampa, and I know this goes against my pick that I just put in the NFC Championship game. Tampa will win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying things now. Tampa will win the Super Bowl on the shoulders of this defense, and yeah. Tom rides off into the sunset as Pey- as Peyton did, scoring like twenty something points. I'm not saying think- Tom can't still do it at a high level like Peyton was at at the end of his career. I don't know that this offense can do it. I don't know this offense can stay healthy. Every receiver got hurt. Um and that's like their calling card. Yeah. Like it's not a football game until Mike Evans tweaks a hammy. Um it's not a it's not a game until Godwin goes down. Like they, they're just gonna have their depth tested time and again. But this defense essentially said it doesn't freaking matter. We're the baddest dudes around. Like I, yeah. I think that this defense is really, really good. That defense was outstanding. And like Dak didn't get hurt till like the end of the fourth quarter. They complete and now the Cowboys have problems of their own at receiver, which is another issue in itself. But that defense looked amazing. I I kind of agree. I think this Bucks offense is gonna do what like a Tom Brady team kind of does. And they're gonna lose some games here and there because people are banged up offensively and they're not gonna score a ton. But I think they're gonna be that team that's they're gonna be three or four seed in the in the NFC and they're gonna to get to the playoffs and everybody's gonna magically start to become healthy because they know how to they have enough veterans on this team where they, they know how to manage. This is how you peak. They know yeah. they know how to peak, when to peak, when to take weeks off, and they're in a division with the you know, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons where yeah, you're not taking games off, especially it's against the Saints, but like, hey, we got the Falcons this week, Julio, like you're you're on a snap count, and you know you're gonna you're gonna mm-hmm. play this many, and then we're probably and you know, Mike, you know, you're on a little bit of a snap count. They 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 know how to manage these things, and I think they're gonna be a team that, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Bucks Bills in the Super Bowl. I like my preseason yeah. pick. Um, we talk about it in the preseason, like teams that like come into the year with a reason. Teams that come into the year having to find their reason. Like the reason in Tampa, the reason with Tom is so well established that like. Again, floor and ceiling, that floor is so high because I'm not here to win eight games or nine games and sneak into the playoffs. We're here to win a Super Bowl, and that is our focus on the near term, the long term. Everything it takes to get to that game is what we are doing here. Like, there's no question about it when yeah. when Tom's in the room. Everybody knows we're on the clock here. So yeah. I think there's going to be a, a nice urgency there about the Bucks as well. Denver and Seattle in our week one finale overreaction is not even an overreaction. It's something I said before the season. Again, why do we think simply adding Russ to this roster is going to make the world go round? Like so much more needs to happen for you to come out of that division specifically. When you look at the talent level, mm-hmm. their effort the way that Russ looked, I understand there was a lot of emotion in it, and he looked uncomfortable amidst that emotion. 
truthfully did. I don't care what he said post game. He looked uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable in the pocket. He looked uncomfortable at the podium. He looked uncomfortable in that ridiculous suit he wore. You didn't like it. I think I it gets a lot better. I, I obviously no. The tailoring was terrible. Get crazy. Wear your turquoise shark skin, even though that's kind of the color of the team that you just requested a trade. He looked from like, he looked like truth play in that stadium. He looked ridiculous. The shoulders were terrible on that on that tuxedo <laughs> or that suit, whatever you want to call it. And the bow tie was a ridiculous choice as well. Like it was. I, let's not get into. It. Let's not get into it. The football looked terrible <laughs> out of Russell Wilson. He got outdueled by Geno Smith. Geno didn't look great in the second half. Looked amazing no. in the first half. Still was enough to beat Denver. Terrible decision by Nathaniel Hackett in his first big decision as a head coach. Russell Wilson's. Fourth down and five or shorter percentage in his career is 40%. The NFL make percentage from 64 yards all time is like 3%. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not even a question of what you should have done in that situation. You had 30 seconds o'clock and three timeouts. You should have ran two more plays to wherever you want on the field because you have those timeouts and set your kicker up for an actual field goal. I understand it was fourth and five. Go get the sticks. Let, let, just go get the sticks. If your play calling wasn't garbage on first and second down and throughout the entire game in the red zone, there you, go. you wouldn't have been in that situation either. Also, you follow the ball on the goal yeah, line hold twice. On the, hold you on go the to the red the zone. They had 10 goal-to-go plays and came away with three points. Um, yeah. So just not, not watching not that. Watching that game, I watched the first like, – the defense for Denver's defense Inside started five, out slow. Goal to place. Denver's defense started out slow. I mean, Seattle was, I mean, I don't want to, it's cliche to say that was their Super Bowl, but that was Geno Smith and that team's Super Bowl. They're not going to be a very good team this year. They were, I don't know. Came, I don't think they're, be I don't know. Bad. I don't what? think they're going to be great, but I think that that division will take a step back. Like, Fair enough. I you might be right. Trey, I don't know if Trey's the guy. Like, we're going to get still a good think, yeah, I still think when those two meet on Sunday. Be. I think the Niners are so good elsewhere that like Trey doesn't have to be the guy right away. And okay, I think we've also talked week, about it. Aren't we asking, aren't we asking, is LA any good? Did, are the Niners going to take a st- step back? Um, I think even with LA taking a step back and the Niners taking a step back, there's still is Arizona any good. Like Arizona, that's a fair I, question. <laughs> I just don't think, I just don't think the, the first team is as much, as good as we thought. And I don't think the, floor the fourth team in seattle is all that bad so i don't know i, I i'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team but i'm saying they're going to be a better team than maybe we thought that's fair i will still say that i thought that first half is like that that game was kind of their super bowl they came out on fire gino was what seven to 16 for 16 or whatever it was to start and he was ridiculously yeah. good and then the defense like denver's defense turned into in the second half the defense we expected them to be that you know this really really good front that finally got the quarterback that can you know complement such a good defense they shut out seattle in the second half and then like that's all your offense can do like you, you yeah. got your field goal in the fourth quarter and i know they were there but like <laughs> Matt, like that, that's it lousy that's all you got goal? for us like that's that's yeah. all like that many i, I gotta trips? say though i i have to put like i'm not I, I put more of this loss on nathaniel hackett than i do on russ i know russ is gonna get better because yeah he will he again standards he holds himself to a better stand now he did have a tough year last year because of injury but i expect the comeback here nathaniel hackett still has to prove himself as a head coach step mm-hmm. one did, or game one did not go well not just because of that decision but they had so many red zone looks from like the 19 in that game where not a single shot was taken to the end zone. You make the game harder on yourself. If you're throwing balls underneath, I understand some of them probably were rush checkdowns because nothing was there up top, but you have to take a couple shots to the end zone because scoring from the six is hard. Scoring from the seven is hard. Scoring in a condensed area is extremely difficult and your play and your playbook shrinks. So when you're dunking the ball underneath from the 19 and ending up on the seven, you're putting yourself, yeah, you're giving yourself a first down. You're putting yourself in a tough situation and a goal to go from the six. Like everyone thinks that's easy. You should be able to move the, the line, but like things, get so much more black and white down there the the creativity becomes limited like what you can get to and what you can do is so difficult that area that you need to take shots from the 20 like 30 to 20 is they call it the green zone for the reason because you gotta go that's that's where you need to take a couple shots and try and make life easier on yourself over the 60 minutes yeah uh, I'm with you I will say I will credit Nathaniel Hackett for one thing I, I don't know if it's post game or the next day on Monday or Tuesday just completely owned up to it. 
Like, yeah, that was on me. That was the wrongest. Like, but like, how many times <laughs> look have at, we look heard back on it? Yeah, no, I fucked up. No, but like, it all. How many times have coaches just been like, no, that was the right call. I'd make it again tomorrow. I'd make it every like. I I, yeah. I I take that as a guy who's willing to learn from mistakes, and I guess we'll we'll see. We'll find out if he learns from mistakes. But like, usually guys just immediately say, no, like that was the right to call. I'd do it again. Like maybe he can learn from mistakes because it seems like he did there. He knows that was wrong and we'll see if he gets better at it, but his first Have game too, but didn't, didn't coach that decision. well. No, I like it. Uh, I like it. Matt, that is your week one wrap up in the NFL. I hope you didn't play the music that whole time. That yeah, I did not. Well, I'm, I'm going to do like one. Probably, probably, we'll let it in one song off the top and then that's probably it. <laughs> we probably owe somebody some money. Um, uh, we all run a little long here. We do have to offer, I think the thought, on Notre Dame, I have none. Uh, just like we have no quarterback. Um, and yeah. the starter is now down for the season and we're on to pine and there's no receivers. And I don't know how this team wins that many football games this year. Um, how, how, how much is the sky falling for you right now? Uh, I mean, obviously when the loss happened, this guy was falling. I've taken a step back and I, I'm kind of, it's like I, Nathaniel Hackett. I've taken a step back. I, I, I'm looking at the bigger picture here. The recruiting class for next year still is very strong and doesn't seem to be wavering at all whatsoever. Marcus Freeman is Marcus Freeman is a first-time head coach. Tommy Reese, well, he's not a first-time offensive coordinator, is a first-time offensive coordinator without the training wheels. This is still a young staff that's learning how to do things, uh, and I think there are going to be some growing pains. I mean, you saw Kirby Smart in his first year with Georgia lose to Vanderbilt. I'm not saying Marcus Freeman's going to be Kirby Smart. I'm saying you could like great coaches even when they're learning on the job, when they're first year on the job, have some learning experiences, and you have to figure out what works, what doesn't. I think what you're seeing is this is a team that has some has some high end talent in a couple spots, but they don't mm-hmm. have like the middling like talent and other, like I think they have two really good offensive tackles. I think the in two of the three of the interior, of their offensive line absolutely suck. I don't think they have a quarterback. I actually think drew pine for an offense. that's going to work for Notre Dame probably works better than Tyler Buckner because from what we saw from Tyler Buckner is he's first read or tuck and run. And it's, it was, that was just about it the entire time. His first read and either tuck and run or force a bad throw into coverage. And that's not yeah. a good, that's not very, a good, uh, a very good um, recipe to win, but so, they'd won these so games here's in the what past, it is. like Toledo of years past or like Vanderbilt. A lot of times because they had an Ian book or last year they had a Jack Cone and you had a veteran quarterback that was kind of, calm capable of running an offense going through progressions they don't have that this year um it's going to be a rough one and that's fine that's fine because in in college football players come and go but you have to make sure that you have the right person leading your program i'm not i'm not questioning that just yet but i didn't like you talked about how you like what you heard from nathaniel hackett the day after the game i did not like what i heard out of marcus freeman the next it was so much again to invoke voldemort's name there was a lot of nagging there was a lot of saying everything without saying anything after that game. Like, if we do all the things we need to do perfectly right, we're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, if you execute the playbook perfectly, yes, you're going to win a lot of football games. That's not how football works. How do you change? How do you win when you're not executing the football perfectly? Because that's your reality. Playing perfect, draw, like drawn-up uh, execution to 100%, that, that doesn't happen, coach. So like, stop, stop saying nothing. Um, talk about the fact that it's an embarrassment. I mean, you can't say that cause that's disrespecting yeah. Marshall, but talk about how this is not the Notre Dame standard and we'll hold ourselves to a high, say something. Don't like there was some coach speak coming out of him, And I understand it's also his first go at being the guy in front of the mm-hmm. podium, but don't be the wrong guy in front of the podium is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see obviously how they respond like where they kind of go from here. If there are changes being made, if they continue to struggle in these late, you know, close game situations, it's let's not kid each other. Let's not kid each other. They don't play a difficult schedule. They no, they have a couple difficult games. They have a couple like different games. They, if this they have is a couple a, different games left, yeah, but they, they should win a D, you know, they should still be an eight win team after starting on two. Yeah. With looking at the rest of their schedule, they should still win eight games. Um, and I agree with got to, got to see how they respond to it. Um, I, I think, a bright side, if you can take one out, is it seemed like, and I hope they realize it, it seems like they're starting to, that that game when they started going to Chris Tyree in the second half on the backfield, 
he seemed like that next Notre Dame running back that is kind of a Mr. Do. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. He can catch passes. He can run in between the tackles. He's really fast. He can light up in the slot. Seemed like they found the the running back that can kind of emerge from being a three-headed monster to a guy that can be a guy you center your offense around. But they need to have a quarterback who can run the offense, who can read defenses a little bit better. And, and hopefully, while Drew Pine might not have the high-end talent of Tyler Buckner at his peak, I think you're going to see a guy that can – go through progressions, read a defense a little bit better, has a lot more experience, but we'll see. It's a big one for him this week. I mean, Cal is in a very good football team. They should come out. They should win this game by a lot of points and we'll see if they do uh, see how motivated and not motiv- motivated is the wrong word. See how prepared they are for it and see yeah. how prepared they are when the first thing goes wrong. But it's a, it's a year of learning and the, the calls that, stupid alumni saying fire Marcus Freeman are dumb, but <laughs> if you're, well, I'll get a lot more upset next year if a loss like that happens or if something like that's still going on because that's that's when it becomes Fair unacceptable. Enough. It's never acceptable to lose at home to Marshall, who, by the way, still think is going to be – it's never, again, never acceptable to lose at home to a Sun Belt team when you're Notre Dame. But, like, Marshall's going to be like an eight or nine win football team. Not, this no, year. we're not, not going to do it. We're not going to no, do it. I'm just saying they're not going to be a football team. We're not going to Matt. We're not going to end the podcast loss explaining. It was an inexcusable loss and one that will go down as historically bad. It is the second biggest win in Marshall program history and an embarrassment on the field in South Bend. There is no other way to put lipstick on that pig. Okay, fine. But I can think of more embarrassing ones. For no, I'm from the Notre Dame standpoint, yeah, yeah, from Brian Kelly, from the, but, even. but you don't Brian want, Kelly lost at home want, to South Florida, lost at home to Tulsa. Not, you do not want to be any program's greatest win of all time. That's fair. You just done. That means something went went wrong on a specific Saturday. So that is um, that is a fair you're, point. You're yes. on a you're on a you're on a short list uh, at, at Marshall. So that needs to be a turning um, point for Notre Dame this year. No doubt about it. And no for the Marcus Freeman, but my. But my Sundays are too busy to lose my lunch on a Saturday. So they're, they're not going to bother me this season. And with that, Matt Rooney, we thank you for listening to episode 266 of the Moose and Runes podcast. I do need uh, to say one thing before we one. go. One thing before Adam, we go. One, happy birthday Adam, again, Joe. Two, if you, you. Have a, if you have a subscription to The Athletic, we don't have enough time to get into it today. But Ken Rosenthal just wrote an open letter to Tony LaRussa. Oh, boy. He goes in on him. Screenshot it and send it to me. I don't have an athletic. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll screenshot. I'll screenshot the highlights. No, 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 hypothetically in a in a in a hypothetical yeah. situation a and with that we say thank you for listening to the Moose and Roots podcast episode 266 wish Joe a happy birthday Rooney. I am Joe Musso you know you know where I'm at if you need me you know where to find me we appreciate you guys we'll see you next week for week two recap NFL football Matt say goodbye to the people later may God give you for every storm a rainbow for every tear a smile for every care, a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>